Sometimes life can feel like one big project, constantly trying to put the pieces together. What if I told you it's okay to be a mess? Life is a journey and we must transform ourselves into who we want to become. We start by knowing who we are and with the relentless pursuits of our passion and purpose. How did I do it? With a lot of help from my friends. And we'll talk about all of that right here on The Beautiful Butterfly Project. At the end of the day, people won't remember what you said or did. They will remember how you made them feel. The great Maya Angelou said this. And today on The Beautiful Butterfly Project, we will chat with mime extraordinaire Dwayne Terry, a.k.a. One Purpose Mime, about his journey to finding his authentic self. We will also learn how he uses the art of dance as an inspiring approach for soul food at its essence, a lightning in a bottle experience, narrating relatable tales of the human condition. He is the most dynamic performer, an unparalleled mime artist that I had the pleasure of coming across. And we'll meet him and chat about his journey and everything in between right here on this episode of The Beautiful Butterfly Project. Inspired by dance, One Purpose Mime had humble beginnings as a member of a breakdancing group in high school. Seeing more potential than just dance, a teacher requested a performance of One Purpose Mime that not only incorporated dance, but also added an additional element, mime. Being intrigued by the challenge, One Purpose Mime accepted and discovered that, with this new element, his passion for the arts was heightened. Performance was no longer just about expressing himself, but evolved into desiring to be a mirror for others to see themselves through the performance being given. If dance was the stage for his artistic expression, mime is now the voice that connects and electrifies his audience to new levels of self-awareness. The goal of One Purpose Mime is to connect people back to themselves through the introspective opportunities that his performances offer while simultaneously changing the socially perceived definition of mime. The Beautiful Butterfly Project welcomes Dwayne Terry, a.k.a. One Purpose Mime, to the show. What is going on today, <laughs> my brother? Hey, what's happening? <laughs> what's happening? How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing amazing now that I have you on the show. Like This is one of the most anticipated interviews that I've had since wow. starting the podcast. And I only wanted like a handful of guests to kick off the first <laughs> season of The Beautiful Butterfly Project. It was Sheila Bailey and okay. um, you. And it has just been just beautifully fantastic. So I know I read that bio giving you an introduction. So these individuals that listen to the podcast, I have dubbed them the Butterfly Nation. So why don't you tell the Butterfly Nation about who Dwayne Terry, One Purpose Mime is? Man, shout out to the Butterfly Nation. It's a, truly an honor to be a part of the beautiful Butterfly Project. I'm Dwayne Terry, also known as One Purpose Mime, born and raised in East Point, Georgia, Hetland, and DeLoe, to be exact. My journey started out as not really understanding and knowing what I was born or called to do in life. And through a trial and error, people telling me what they thought I should do, 
I end up finding my purpose in something I had been doing um, since 2001. I really didn't find my purpose until 2013. Wow. And that's, which is mine. And so I had uh, thought, first I thought it was just a hobby. And then it just hit me one day. It's like, man, this is what you was born to do. And so my whole mission in life is to find whatever it is that purpose is and lock into it and give your heart and soul to it. I truly believe that once a person finds their purpose, then other things begin to attach itself to help elevate or help push that purpose into other things that you should be doing in life. But you have to tap into that thing that you feel drives you, that motivates you, that you wake up thinking about, go to bed thinking about, and more importantly, something that's going to change the lives of people and motivate people that are around you. So that's just a little bit about me. I'm sure we'll get more into it as we are going through the interview. You know, absolutely. So, you know, one of the things that you said is that once we tap into our purpose, that we use that to motivate and help others. And I know that here on the Beautiful Butterfly Project, we, you know, endeavor to tell stories that shed light on discovering what that purpose is. But, you know, a lot of people find difficulty, you know, in finding out exactly what that purpose is. You know, I have gone through it, you have gone through it and, you know, and others have. So what was one of the things that you had to do or you had to go through to discover exactly what your purpose was? So my parents didn't have a college education, grew up in the country, and then later moved to Atlanta together. And uh, they stayed in Perry Home. Mm. So their whole mindset was to work hard and then watching my father work over 15, 20 hour days sometime. And only time I really had to spend with them was on the weekends. So they really couldn't give me direction or guidance as far as purpose. Mm. So I was really kind of like on a roller coaster ride and even my guidance counselors, they really didn't know how to steer me towards purpose. It was more like trade, trade, yeah. find you a trade. And although I think that's good, I do feel like there was no one there to cultivate gifts that they saw in me, which I think is key. And so the struggle was I didn't have anybody that could kind of give me a roadmap. And I do think it's very important in life when you have people that can kind of help guide you or give you ideas to kind of show you different opportunities that might be out there. I was just kind of fishing for myself, not saying that that was a bad thing at the time, but it was a struggle as a kid, teenager, 19, 20 years old, still trying to figure out and haven't, didn't even have a clue mm. to what it was I wanted to do in life. And so, you know, when I think, think back on it, it's, um, it definitely was disappointing because I wish I had known this a little bit earlier. Somebody, I wish somebody had a saw the arts, the talent of art in me at 17 mm. when I found it. And maybe I could have, you know, been so much further in my life or in my career, but that was just a tremendous roadblock. So that's why I'm even more mindful that when I see certain gifts and talents in my kids to ask them, hey, what you think about doing more of this or what do you need? You need more markers. Do you need more paint? You need more canvases. Yeah. We're going to get you signed up for some gymnastic classes so I can figure out, Erica and I, my wife can figure out 
what can we do to help cultivate and build these kids? So it might not be gymnastics, but they tried it. It might not be art, but they tried mm-hmm. it. And not just allowing them to figure it out for themselves because I was just kind of left to figure it out. And so that was a huge hurdle, a huge roadblock in my life is because I just didn't know. Right. And for those that, you know, maybe listening, you know, at, at different, you know, state cities and areas across the world about Atlanta and the city of East Point and Perry Homes, will you break that down for people? <laughs> yeah. So, so, so my parents, they grew up in the project. And I think my mom said when they moved him from the country, my parents end up, they were just dating, they end up moving. So my mom moved to Carver Homes with, with some of my aunts and my dad stayed in Perry Homes. At the time, those projects even exist, but this was just the lowest, yeah. <laughs> the lowest of the low. You know, and so when they had me, they was like, man, we got to get out of the projects. And so they moved to East Point. So that was just like a little step up, you know, moving on up. And so I didn't have to grow up in the projects, but, you know, I was still kind of in the hood, in the sense where things wasn't um, just given to us or it wasn't just always a beautiful scenery, but it was good. It was good for me. (laughs) And, (laughs) you know, you and I, we do have that in um, common. I'm from small town, Alabama. It was no way by the city, but we have housing projects too. We had the old projects and the new projects. And we lived in the new projects. And, And I'm telling you, that was a different experience, you know, Growing up in the projects. And I am telling you that you can be left to your own devices and growing up in those type of environments. And so what I heard you say, you said so much that, you know, that's just so impactful that you were left to figure it out on your own and you just tried different things. And in trying those different things, did you run into any pitfalls? You know, because we all make mistakes. I know that I took some turns down some wrong roads. Did you have any pitfalls along your journey? Man, one that just sticks out to me is I got in debt real fast because my parents couldn't afford to pay for college. So I immediately applied for my own loans, start running up a lot of credit cards and to go to school for something I didn't even use at the time. And so that was a major pitfall because I went in debt fast. I was in debt at 21. My, my, my. That was a major pitfall because I didn't really have nothing to stand on. You know, credit mm-hmm. credit is so important now. And so I had to try to fight my way to get myself to some good standing of credit because my parents just didn't know. And that was, a, I think, a major pitfall because... Even during that time, there was some things I couldn't get because my credit was bad. And so I would say that was one of the pitfalls. Another another pitfall that I bumped into is um, during that time, I was still trying to figure out how to get money. Right. And although I worked, I got involved in some things I shouldn't have got involved in during that time to try to make money. Yeah. And um, I got surrounded. I got involved with a group of individuals I shouldn't have been around. It kind of slowed up my progress from moving forward. And so if I was to just offer any um, advice to anyone that's listening, young or old is, I think it's very key to surround yourselves with a group of people. And when I say surround yourself, I don't mean you have to just go hang out with them. I mean, it could be your homie could be somebody you've never met and you follow their content on social media or you read their books. It's put yourself around people, um, places and things that can help 
build you up and not slow down your progress. Because when you slow down, when, when that progress is slowed down, man, it's not a good it's not a good feeling. The creativity is not there. The resources won't come. The opportunities won't be put in front of you when progress is, is slowed all the way down or you have no type of direction for where you want to go or travel. And that's so amazing because to be completely transparent, you and I, well, we formally met, you know, we've been seeing one another on social media, but you and I formally met when you put out an invitation for any business that wanted a little bit more <laughs> exposure that they could send you their information and a t-shirt and then you would wear in your video. This was like on a Thursday evening. I didn't have a t-shirt for my business, Innovative Butterfly. I didn't have anything, but I knew my son was an artist. (laughs) I sent my husband out to the store to get a shirt and my son hand painted my first business shirt. And I sent that to you and you said, this is the one I completely lost it. I was boohooing. I was in tears and showed up on Saturday morning early at the park. And I was just so honored that you wore my business shirt. Man, that's man. I'll tell you one thing about it. When you locked into what you're supposed to be doing, like I didn't even know where that idea came from. Just like, man, I just want to. I just want to help somebody because I, I feel like God has blessed me. Let me just help someone. I put it out there and you came out there. You you and Mr. Turner came out there and y'all sat out there with us for hours. But it was just the whole experience was beautiful. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> <laughs> and so I have watched your work from the days when you're in front of your green screen at home in your dining room all the way up to these beautiful uh, videos that you put out now. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about that transformation in that journey? Man, that ah, uh, believe it or not, man, I miss I miss those days. So I realized once I locked into my purpose in 2013. Like I said, I've been doing it since 2000 2001. I was like, man, what's a way that I can I can put out a message of art of ministry in a fast way where I can continue to inspire and motivate people because I knew I knew just from high school that I've seen lives change. I've seen people crying and giving their life to God. I've seen lives changing just through it. I said, man, how can I do this faster? And so I said, man, let me just start recording videos. And so I talked to uh, one of my buddies, Jawan Mims at the time. And she's like, man, this is what I'm thinking about doing. He said, man, just set up a camera, set up your phone and just start recording. And so I would take a canned good and a lunch tray and I would prop my phone up on top of some books and hit record and run to the camera and start dancing and play the music from my laptop. Mm -hmm. And all I knew was I needed to record as much as possible for the people. That was my mindset. Record for the people, record for the people. And man, just even thinking about that, Man, it's just touching because at the time I knew why I was doing it, but I didn't know the impact it was having. Like I felt like, man, I just got to get it done. I got to get it done. So I would go to work and I would write down songs as I'm working. I would write down stuff. And at the time, man, I was was working for Kroger. And so with that Kroger schedule, we was working so so many hours, so long. But my mindset was like, Okay, when you get home, you got to record. So I would get home sometime at 1130, 
and I would go in there and set up and record, 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 and go to sleep. I said, okay, I got a little time before work at one. Let me record some more because I felt like it was so important at the time to get get videos, get content out because people needed it. That was just like my driving force was like, okay, somebody might not need this song, but somebody, a different person might need this song. And man, through that time, I felt like I was really tilling the ground and planting seeds more so for myself because I knew at some point I knew God was going to honor it. He was just honoring my sacrifice at the time because I stayed focused and locked in. And so my buddy Dewan's like, man, let's meet up. And we met up at a Starbucks on Camp Creek. And he was like, man, I want to show you something. And he showed me this video that he recorded of somebody. And I said, man, I would like to do something like that. And um, Dewan was like, let's do it. And so we shot like our first professional video <laughs> in this warehouse, our bankhead. Mm. And that shoot took 11 hours. Wow. Because we were all new to it. Jawan was kind of new to it. So, and I tell you this, man, the people I asked to come out and help, everybody was there. I mean, everybody stayed with us that entire day and night to help us pull that off. After that, Jawan was like, let's keep going, let's keep going. And so we just continued to record. Although we weren't recording as fast as we wanted, we got it done. But even still, I still kept recording from my phone. I still kept recording with my phone. And after a while, it just got to the point where I truly believe God was just like, okay, now let's take it to another another level from a presentation standpoint. And let's tell a story. Let's put the right people in your path. And I tell you, I didn't pay Jawan. Oh, wow. Yeah. He said he didn't want anything. Mm. And believe it or not, a lot of people that I've worked with up until this point, I have to say, man, give me a price. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm telling I'm telling y'all, man, anybody that's listening, when you just get to work and just figure it out yourself, God will put people in your life, put people in position that they might not offer it for free, but they'll probably give you a heck of a price or they might introduce you to the right people that can help enhance your brand. And so throughout this time, man, I I went from recording video and songs on my cell phone to I got a whole crew now. I got a video, I got two or three videographers. I got a cameraman. I got a graphic artist. Mm. And it's because of that hard work and God honoring my sacrifice of staying late, staying up late, coming home from work, recording, getting up early to record. And that obedience of me doing that. And because my heart is for the people, he just opened those opportunities up for me. Where now, you know, we get HD videos, mm. multiple angles, lighting, you know, all the tricks. And that started just with a cell phone. I'll record with a cell and phone. And I'm trying to tell you, I I used to get so <laughs> excited about your 9 p.m. Sunday request <sighs> and how you would be on that green screen and we would send it our yeah. request beforehand and you would yeah. dance to that song. <laughs> I used to tune in on every Sunday evening. I said, I wonder what it's going to do tonight. <laughs> oh, man, that was like, man, I can't, man, that was wow. the best. It, it seemed like a long, long time it, ago. Too. It seems like it. And then you move from that to one of my, uh, I have a, a handful of, of your favorite videos, but I repost periodically the one of you dancing near the interstate, you know, the gospel song, Big. And that is like my mantra, my theme song for 2020, you know, and because I just feel the love that you're just giving in that video, the message that is in that video. 
And it's just phenomenal. And what I've heard you say, Dwayne, is that if you will provide the uh, sacrifice and God's going to provide the provision, but also that your gifts will make room for you. And is there any one affirmation or mantra that you repeat to yourself daily? Live ready. I say that. That's that's just what I live by is live ready. I, I, who was I, I told someone this earlier this week is, man, I drive around with my mind, makeup, mirror, sponges, gloves, and my shoes in my, in my vehicle, because I never know when I might get a call or when I'm needed, or if I just want to dance, live ready. It's like, man, I feel like if you live ready, the opportunities will come faster. That's truly what I live by. If I have my bad pack ready to go, there's nothing that can stop me. There's nothing that can stop you when you stay ready. I love that. Live ready. Live ready. I like that. As a matter of fact, I just don't like it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, you know, I've heard you talk a little bit, you know, before in some other interviews about who have been the influences in your life. But has there been any one person that has been your greatest influence? I would say his name is uh, Sergeant Major Schaefer. He was my JROTC teacher at, at Roswell High School. I had went to a couple of high schools early on because I was still uh, still kind of doing some things I shouldn't have been doing. And um, I got just kind of got hit with pressures of life, peer pressure. And Roswell High School was kind of like, a lot of people don't even know this, but Roswell High School was kind of like my, rat, my last resort. My parents had sent me the country to live with my grandmother and my uncles and aunts my ninth grade year. And when I came back, they was kind of like, okay, this is, this is it. And so when I went to Roswell High School, the agreement I had was I had to be a part of JROTC. And Sergeant Major Schaefer, I want to make sure I say this, he's a Caucasian man. He brought me into JROTC. In a sense, I kind of felt like I was people had kind of given up on me in a sense. Mm. I was at a predominantly white school. I was on the M2M program, and that's minority to majority. And so coming into that school, people was already looking at you crazy. And from and where I was from, they was already looking like, okay, they knew why I was there. And so I would come to class when we had to dress out, my shirt untucked, my shoes weren't shine, my pants were sagging, and he pulled me to the side. He said, when you wear this uniform, you got to wear it with pride. You got to act like you care. And he kind of molded and developed me. And I remember like it was yesterday, they was announcing the rankings. And he said, um, Dwayne Terry, stand up. You go be Sergeant Major. And everybody was laughing. <laughs> wow. They were laughing because, you know, I was just kind of like, I was that class clown, but I was cool too. So they was laughing like, man, Dwayne's really go, you know, we better have some fun. Right, right. <laughs> and so. He held me back out the class. He said, man, I'm giving you this opportunity, man. This man believed in me, and I didn't even believe in myself. Wow. And so uh, I came home, and I said, Dad, uh, you got to show me how to shine shoes. And so he started showing me how to shine shoes. And, man, I got on that school bus that morning. I had my shirt tucked in. It was pressed, pants pressed. And, you know, my peers, who are my homies that I was kicking with, they looking. You know, they not saying that. They just looking. Yeah, yeah. They always had that respect for me. So they was like, man, okay, this is what Wayne doing. And so uh, I walked in the classroom and he just started clapping his hands and he shed a tear. And I started taking it serious because I'm like, man, 
it's a white man believe in. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and you know, just growing up, I I wouldn't say I was uh, prejudiced, but yeah, know, it was just that feel like, man, what's what's up with this? Yeah, guy? <laughs> exactly. You know? Like, what does he really want? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. One thing I love about that man is that he knew I was kind of still involved in some stuff I shouldn't have been involved in, but he never paid that no attention. He focused on building me up as a young man. That man changed my life. I, I kept moving up into ROTC. I did really well. I was a, I was over the drill team. We traveled, and um, I just had that. He built, he made me into the man. He played a key role into the man I am today because he believed in me, and he told me, you know, I need to tuck my shirt in. I need to pull my pants up. I need to iron my pants, iron my shirt, shine my shoes. And, man, I took pride. I had a sense of pride, man walking into them, making him proud. Now, I didn't, at the time, I wasn't thinking I'm about to go in here and make him proud. I was just doing what he told me because I always had respect for for adults. Right. So I'm just like, okay, he's telling me what I need to do. And so I did it. And that just built me into, you know, into the man I am today. But definitely Sergeant Major Schaefer, he played a key role into the person I am today. Isn't that amazing how the reflection that we see of ourselves isn't necessarily what other people see? And that's an amazing thing. And I'm grateful as a person that sees your work, that he saw something in you that sparked just a transformation. And that's a beautiful thing. And taking that mentorship that he took for you, how do you mentor others? So one thing I'm real big on is, man, allowing people to be who they are. Mm-hmm. And I just take I just take my kids, for example, because although I'm their father, I feel like I'm, I'm more of a mentor right. is allowing them to tell me how they feel and tell me the direction they want to go. And then I insert myself to help and guide them along their journey. And then I'm a sounding board, listening to their frustrations, listening to their ideas. And then if they want advice or suggestions, then I say, okay, well, let me suggest this. But I feel like mentorship is so key because sometimes people just need somebody to talk to, yeah. not necessarily give them advice. Yeah, that's right. And then through that, I take as a mentor, when people start just venting, I just kind of put it in the bank. And then when they come ask me for advice and suggestions, then I put out, say, remember the time we talked about this. Then I give my thoughts or suggestions. And I also feel like, man, you know, part of being a mentor is holding your mentees accountable to what, what they want to do, what they say they're, they're going to do. So it's not necessarily you giving them tasks, but you holding them accountable to their own words. But of course, not letting them fall. If you see them heading in the wrong direction, you know, the mentor is there to kind of say, hey, I've been down that road before and you don't want to go there. And a lot of times, you know, mentors, they feel like, Nowadays, it's just giving a bunch of tasks, and that's not true mentorship. Mentorship is, is being there to lead God, and when it's time to direct, you get a direction. But it's really just helping them along their journey and not necessarily doing it for them, but providing a, a roadmap to help them truly uh, get to where they want to be in life. And speaking from a person that grew up in a single-parent household, father is a very integral part of a young girl's life. And I know you and your wife are doing just an amazing job with those daughters that you 
have. And it just warms my heart just to hear you talk about your babies in that way. So you have a new project. It was hot off the press a little while ago. And, you know, and I know all of us were just so struck by the passing of Chadwick Boseman that you had this beautiful artistic interpretation short film that you put out there. So why don't you tell the beautiful Butterfly Project about that? So um, that project is, is called the Freedom Project. And so what happened was I'm real big on watching movies or TV series that for soundtracks. I listen for the soundtracks and I heard this soundtrack on the Godfather of Harlem. Oh yeah. When I hear a song, I search it and I save yeah. it. I save it in the, my mind playlist. And so I was talking to um a buddy of mine, Shout Films, and I told him something, I want to kinda kinda take another direction with with mine and what I'm doing. I want to kind of transition where I'm using live actors and blend it in and the mom is just kind of like a narrator of the story we're telling. Ooh, that's deep. <laughs> and so we said, uh, we, we was trying to figure out how to do it. And so we wanted to share kind of what's going on in the world, mm. but also shed light on women empowerment and racism and also with the arts, a mixture of the arts. And so we said, let's find, let's find a creek of water. Let's find things that symbolize women empowerment. And also let's take a tidbit from the Black Panther role movie and just add some nuggets of uh, some similarity, some symbolism of the Black Panther to show all that in one. Because, you know, the Black Panther had women empowerment yes. in that in that movie as yes. well. And so that's that's one thing we were trying to focus on is, man, how can we show the power of women? So. I encourage you guys to go check that video out. It's a lot of a lot of nuggets that I didn't mention. I just want you guys to, to go see because I believe that everybody interprets things differently. Man. So I want you guys to go go check out the uh the Freedom Project. And it is so, so good, y'all. It is so good. I think I'm on my fifth time watching it. <laughs> and I just may go watch it again because one purpose is right. Once you watch it once and you go back and watch it again, there's something different that you get each and every time. And, you know, I'm a big proponent of women's empowerment and just a lot of the things that are going on socially right now and just giving that a voice. So I commend you for that project and I'm looking forward to many, many more. Absolutely. And so during our talk, you know, you've talked so much about your craft and about purpose. So do you know, Dwayne Terry, AKA One Purpose Mind, why you were created? That's an awesome question. I think the the biggest reason I tell my daughters all the time that I believe that I was made to be here on earth to show people that it's okay to be different. Mm. And the reason I say that is because you don't see a lot of moms just in the world. You don't see a lot of moms. And I had to be comfortable knowing that, man, it's okay to be different and live your truth, live who you're supposed to be for yourself and for the world. A lot of times, man, people are hesitant to step out into who they are because of what, what people might say or the reaction, the reaction they might get. I truly believe when you understand why you are here, then you can flow freely and you'll build that confidence up once you continue to do it over 
and over and over. But my main reason here is to show people that it's okay to be different and that you can live your truth in that difference. You know, that's amazing because I see a lot of, you know, the moms that you do see and I'm like, dang, that ain't Dwayne. That ain't one purpose. I, you know, and I'm just left wanting. I'm like, dog, they need to get on. They need to get on because that ain't where it's at. And so I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit biased because <laughs> I think you are just phenomenally incomparable Amen. in what you do. And I'm just so grateful just to see where you've started and to see where you're progressing. Because as you know, both you and I hear often from someone that you know we uh, both admire that each new version of yourself, well, each new level that you are going into requires a new and greater version of yourself. And, right. and, and we're just transforming and just getting better. And so there are a couple of questions here on the Beautiful Butterfly Project that we ask everyone that comes on. And um, these are just some random questions that I just like to ask. And so are you ready? One purpose mind. Go ahead. We're ready for it. (laughs) If your personality were a color, what color would it be? I have to say royal blue and pure white, the colors of Phi Beta Sigma. Ah, Phi Beta Sigma. (laughs) All right now. (laughs) World blue and pure white. I like it. I like it. And what is your favorite word? Man, that's a good question. (laughs) Purpose. Mm, I love that word too. Purpose. Such a packed word. Favorite movie? Training Day. Denzel Washington. That movie was cutthroat, was it not? It was bad. It sure was. <laughs> oh, it's oh, oh, we can unpack so much about training day. So, so you. many things. I don't, I don't want to start down you. that road on that, but ooh, I like that movie. I'm oh. telling you, that's right. <laughs> love it, gangsta. Love it. Yeah. If you had one day left here on Earth, what would you spend it doing? I spend it with my daughters. I spend the whole 24 hours sitting down, talking and pouring in them because Erica, she, she's a grown woman, but no kids go be here for a lot longer than we are. I spend the time just pouring words of advice and words of wisdom into them to kind of prep them for, for the rest of their lives. I love it. And if you had any final words for the Butterfly Nation about living life triumphantly, how would you answer that question? Be open to evolve as a person. I'm realizing that more when it just comes to my life and self-care outside of the, the makeup. It's so important if you truly want to live a, a full life is you have to take care of yourself from a mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual standpoint. Because if you're not, if you're not willing to do that, you're not going to be healthy from a mental standpoint. You're going to miss out on so many things because you didn't take care of your body. But when it comes to your purpose, you have to want to evolve in whatever it is. If you're a cook, you have to want to become better. You have to study cooks that are better than you. If it's a mechanic, you got to figure out how can I be a better mechanic? What am I not as skilled at when it comes to being a mechanic? That's the same same approach I took with mom. It's like, man, what can I do better? Okay, I did real good at recording, recording, standing in front of the camera, recording videos. Now it's time to add theater to it with live actors. So always be open to evolve and never settle. When you settle, you stop yourself from growing. 
it's just like running a race. If you stop in the middle of the race, you'll never get to the finish line because you're just comfortable standing there. So just be open to evolve in every area of your life. Evolve. And how can those listening to this episode of the Beautiful Butterfly Project stay in contact with One Purpose Mind? I'm going to make it easy, guys. You can go to any social media platform and put in the number one purpose mind. Or you can go to my website, www.onepurposemind.com. And in the words of One Purpose Mime, live ready. <laughs> live ready. <laughs> the Beautiful Butterfly Project thanks you, sir, for being with us today. Man, it's an honor. Thank you for having me. I'm truly honored. And here on The Beautiful Butterfly Project, we endeavor to tell stories, to give the courage for others to share their own. And we'll see you next time here on The Beautiful Butterfly Project. If you are interested in being a guest or learning more, please visit our Facebook page at The Beautiful Butterfly Project Podcast or email thebeautifulbutterflyproject at innovativebutterfly.com. See you again soon as we take this amazing journey together on The Beautiful Butterfly Project.